Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Hardware Retailing's podcast, Tell Me More. This is your host, Renee Shagnon. Uh, today, we are going to be talking with Franklin Kloniger of Triangle True Value Hardware in Greenwood, South Carolina. So today, uh, excited to bring Franklin on. He's going to tell us a little bit about their business, uh, a little bit about his time as both in the hardware industry and as a firefighter, um, some fun stories about their social media uh, viral moment, and some more other fun little stories. So please stay tuned and, and listen on to hear all about Triangle True Value. This episode of Tell Me More with Renee Shagnon is brought to you by Member Insurance. Are you seeking an insurance agent who truly understands the unique risks of your business? Let the 47-year history and industry expertise of Member Insurance go to work for you. Did you know that Member Insurance is member-owned and offers annual dividends? They also provide superior claim service 24-7, and they offer 24-hour roadside assistance. Additionally, Member Insurance provides free risk management and HR consultations. Also, they just announced that Member Insurance is offering a three-year business owner policy with locked-in rates. To learn more, visit memberinsurance.com. Franklin, thanks for coming on. Um, we're excited to have you on the show today. Do you mind maybe telling uh, telling our listeners just a little bit about yourself and um, kind of who you are, what what your position is in the industry, and how you got to where you're at today? Sure. Um, thanks for having me. Um, my name is Franklin Kloninger. I'm the general manager of Triangle True Value Hardware in Greenwood, South Carolina. Um, it's been a, an interesting uh, road to get here. I started... Um, at Triangle Hardware whenever I was uh, 16, and I have stayed here ever since. This was my first real job. Um, Triangle Hardware was started in 1991. Um, it was a kind of an interesting story. Uh, they ran a Paul Harvey ads on the radio uh, back in the 1990s, and so the owner was out in the field uh, listening to the radio, and a, a car t- the commercial came on. It said, if you want to be a true AU hardware store, call this number, and uh, he did. Felt like that was the direction he needed to go, and we were opened in May of 1991. Uh, we added uh, rental equipment to our store in 1993 uh, through True Value, and in 1995 we did a uh, major expansion, and then we did a major remodel uh, again in 2014. We did the Destination True Value remodel, and we're still here today. Cool. Do you mind telling us a little bit about yourself and how you found out about the business and kind of were introduced to it, I guess? Yeah, sure. Um, so I was uh, was going to school with a guy who worked here, uh, and it was kind of a funny story. Um, he comes into class one day and he says, hey, I've decided I want to play football full time and I don't want to work at the hardware store anymore. Um, so I want you to go take my spot. You need to go to this place and put in for my, my spot. So uh, I had never been in the hardware store before, never uh, worked in the retail industry or hardware industry before. And so uh, I came in, put in my application, and they ended up hiring me. Uh, and this was my first real job, and I've been here ever since. Uh, so it is a little bit different. I, I grew up on a family farm um, in the uh, Rock Hill area and have 
grown up uh, around hardware stores. I remember my grandfather taking me to some. Um, but this was my first real jump off into the retail establishment and especially in the hardware business. Cool. So do you think when you first started working there, would you have ever predicted that you'd end up becoming the general manager and, and kind of, you know, see yourself there as long as you've been there now? I never planned. uh, If, if you would have asked me this before I started, I never would have told you that I felt like this was where I was going to end up with my life. Um, I was supposed to go to Clemson University and go into the ag business, uh, like all of my other family has. And instead, um, both my parents are pastors, so they moved on from the Greenwood area, and I decided to stay behind. And I just fell in love with the industry and uh, have stayed here ever since. Do you mind sharing a little bit about your experience, like from when you first came into the into the store, and because um, I'm sure you didn't just start as general manager, so kind of your progression from when you first started as a part time employee to where you're at today. Sure. Um, so I I came in as as a uh, basically a stocker slash customer service. Uh, so we would uh, when I first started, we would you know put stock on shelves and and our big thing is customer service so we greet and assist every customer that walks through the door and we started there and progressed through uh shortly after i came in as floor help uh, because of my background in farming uh, i was also incorporated into our rental department that we um we run all of our rental clerks are also customer service representatives in our retail part and uh, have progressed from there uh, it's been an interesting transition. Uh, I went to, uh, I became the rental manager in 2008, right as the economic downturn happened, and uh, went from there. Uh, I actually uh, went from there to be in our shop supervisor as a mechanic, and then went from there back into a managerial role as a um, as the store manager, and then uh, was. Uh, when we reshuffled some things, became the general manager over both segments of the business. Great. Um, I know you're also in the. You're also a firefighter in town. So, do you want to tell us a little bit about how you got into that industry and and how you kind of have continued your career in both side by side? Sure. Uh, so, we've started. Um, the owner of the hardware store has been in the fire service since 1988. Uh, if I remember correctly, and he um, has always been a staunch supporter of the fire service. So whenever uh, I went to join a fire department, because I've always had an interest in firefighting, uh, I joined the same department that he belongs to, though we really didn't speak, uh, we really didn't talk in depth uh, prior to me coming to work here. And uh, I think I started at the local fire department as a volunteer about three months before I started working here at Triangle Hardware. And he really did a great job of coaching me in both aspects. Um, He would send me to training. Um, He would, not only for the hardware side of things, but also in the fire department side of things, um, I was able to get all of my needed certifications um, and then go above and beyond the basics in my certifications uh, in the fire service through his coaching. And uh, it was was a really special thing. Uh, when our staffing allowed, we'd both go to, to fires or emergencies. Uh, we'd ride together. We'd lo- both leave the store together and go uh, help out our community. And that was a really special thing. 
Uh, and they played off really well with each other. Um, as I progressed through my education in the fire service, um, it was we learned a lot about building construction and about uh, some of the things that really play right into the hardware side of things, uh, smoke detectors and fire extinguishers and building codes and, and utilities. And they've played off really well to each other. So it really has been a, almost a parallel relationship between the two. So who? what's your owner's name? I don't know if I caught that earlier. And, and yes. It sounds like I, I didn't say it earlier, but it's Carl Clegg um, and his wife Gail Clegg. They've uh, started this place from the ground up. It's actually a pretty cool story um, if you go back a little bit, because uh, Gail's parents actually had a gas station and uh, retail store here on the property that we're at now, and it used to be uh, like a small grocery store, and they've moved through that since, and uh, it shut down for a little while, and then they were able to. Uh, resurrect this property as a hardware store that's so a lot of our customers come in they still talk about remembering getting gas here getting groceries here and it's a pretty cool story definitely so it sounds like you're the owner though has been kind of like a mentor for you both in in hardware and in firefighting um would you say that the things that you've learned on both sides so is there anything from the hardware industry that has kind of helped you when you have your firefighter cap on and vice versa Absolutely. They, there's a lot of knowledge that I've gained here um, at the hardware store. We're really big into welding gases, uh, welding supplies, propane and propane supplies um, that really carry over to the fire department side of things. Uh, we've, because of the training and knowledge that I've gained here at the hardware store, um, it, my knowledge when I go out into the field for the fire department is a great deal um, higher than, than most because I deal with a lot of these uh, potentially dangerous products on a daily basis. Um, it also carries over to um, the training that I've received on electrical and plumbing. Uh, when you go out into the field as a firefighter, that ground basis of knowledge has really benefited me out in the field um, because you have a working knowledge of everything that's going on. Um, so it's definitely been a benefit to have both educational opportunities in front of me what's i think the most or what would you say is the most rewarding thing about um what you do in the hardware store and then also about what you do as a firefighter because they both have i'm sure really rewarding aspects to each of them they do um the most rewarding regardless is the ability to to help people in their time of need Mm -hmm. um when people walk through my door it, it may be something small that they're needing from the hardware side of things um you know it it may be something as simple as you know i have a leak that i really need to get fixed or before i get water everywhere in my house Mm -hmm. Uh, to them it's a very serious issue maybe not as pressing as some with the fire department but the ability for me to to listen to what they tell me and diagnose their problem and be able to get them what they need to solve their problem is that's when it's rewarding, and then you you know they come back in and they say, "Hey man, that what you told me the other day was exactly what I needed. It was just as easy as you told me it would be, and I just wanted to tell you thank you." And, and that's whenever I get I, I ride my high. Um, I love the problem solving aspect of of the hardware store and from the fire service. And so when you're actually able to to solve the problem for them, and, and they come back and they tell you, "Hey, that was exactly what uh, I needed," it's it's really helpful. Uh, and you know, obviously from the fire service side of things, um, if you do have the opportunity to, to save a life, it is an indescribable feeling. It's something that um, you don't always get in this line of work. 
and so when you do have that opportunity, it is a it is truly a special thing. Definitely. Um, well, kind of on a on a different topic, but still has had some some presence in your career. Um, so Katie Katie McCone Jones, who is our event. She does all of our things with events and and different things. She was the one that kept being like, you need to talk to Franklin. And she was like, did you know he also sang the national anthem at the True Value reunion? So is singing something you enjoy doing as well? Maybe tell us a little bit about that. Well, it's funny. I almost mentioned it earlier because the guy who got me this job, uh, we were actually in in high school show choir together. So um, we do do singing. I haven't been able, haven't been selected to sing at the reunion yet, um, but I was able to. Uh, whenever I came up for the um, retail management classes, oh, um, right, right, we were right. able to sing some. So yeah, um, I've I, I enjoy it. It's something that is I've never shied away from. There are a lot of people who are uh, afraid of being in front of people, yeah. and uh, I don't mind speaking, singing, whatever it is in front of people. I guess that comes with being the son of pastors because we get. Uh, pushed out in front of people quite frequently growing up so uh, it's something that I've become quite acclimated to and and it is something that I enjoy and um, I miss I I really do miss those high school days of choir because you don't have as many opportunities to to get together with your friends and sing uh, once you become an adult as you used to whenever you were in school. Well maybe you could take over the the overhead uh, microphone in the store sometime and just belt something out. I'm sure (laughs) it would surprise the customers. Believe it or not so um we do a few events throughout the year, and uh, when we do our, uh, the biggest one of them is our holiday open house, which you typically follows. Uh, it's the same week as our Christmas parade here in town, and so we will. We'll do karaoke. Um, we've done several singing videos on our Facebook page. Fun. Uh, we have a lot of fun with it. Uh, a lot of people here uh, are, I guess it's just the type of personalities we gravitate to, but uh, they don't mind getting in front of people and singing and just having a good time and taking themselves less seriously. And so we do have a lot of fun um, singing and dancing. And, um, you know, I, I know that our Facebook phenomenon is, is a story within itself, um, and it's been really cool to see how what we've done on Facebook has translated. Uh, it's been a really interesting thing to watch. For sure. So do you want to tell us, I mean, a little bit, I actually wrote a story on it um, back when it happened. Um, And I don't think I spoke to you. I think I spoke to the employee that put the video up. Yeah. Um, Um, It it was a really interesting phenomenon. So I was actually in Indianapolis um, whenever it happened. Um, whenever it went viral, uh, and so, so do you want to just glitter. give some give some background yeah. for listeners in case they don't know sure. about your so, viral your store's viral moment online? <laughs> we had uh, some glitter paint come in from Rust Oleum through a True Value sale, um, and so it was one of these things we were supposed to try. And one of the guys broke out the can. He's like, I kind of want to see what it's about. And he and there's three of us that work on our Facebook content, and so. Uh, he said, hey, you, you mind if I put a video up of this glitter paint? I said, I certainly wouldn't hurt. I'm not really sure how we're going to sell it. And so um, he, put on a vi- he put on a photo of just the three cans of glitter paint, the silver, the gold, and the iridescent. And he followed that with a 30-second video uh, of him stirring the paint and pulling the paint stick out. And between the two, it went absolutely nuts. Um, <laughs> we got... Uh, it had, uh, I think now it's at like uh, almost 2 million views. 
That is insane. Um, that, that between the photo and the, the video have been viewed. Um, I've thousands and thousands of shares, thousands of comments. Um, we still to this day, um, even though it's been a, a, a long time, um, we still get questions from all over the world about the glitter paint. People still are looking at that post. And it's really been an interesting phenomenon to watch. Um, we tried our best to respond to everybody that answered, even people from other countries. So we used a lot of Google Translator um, to, to contact people. We wanted to ride this out as long as it would go. Yeah. And so we had, um, we had people from all over the world uh, trying to get in touch with us, France, Belgium, um, Puerto Rico, South America. It's, it really has been interesting to see how this Facebook phenomenon really went around the world. And, and it's something so simple that it, it's really hard to fathom what made it so interesting. Yeah. The cool part about it is because I was um, at the NRHA management program, um, I was able to go through with some of my uh, classmates and the instructors, and we were actually able to look at some of the Facebook backdoor uh, diagnostics and see that uh, actually some of our other posts laid the groundwork for this going viral. Really? Yeah, we were actually, so it's really a funny story. Um, We were able to trace it back to a key demographic, which was females ages 25 to 35, that was who shared the story initially, that video yeah. uh, initially, and that's where it stemmed from. And so by being able to track it back, and then we were able to track it back a little bit farther, and we were able to, uh, Dr. Matthews and myself, we were able to do some backdoor stuff, and we were able to see that when we did an elf on the shelf, um, which is where I, I lost what shreds of dignity I had left, and I dressed up as an elf, <laughs> um, and, and placed myself in various positions around our hardware store, we found that that was when our key demographic uh, started engaging with our page. And so uh, because, you know, they were showing their kids and people, it started really getting some traction. And it was from that key demographic that a few shares that happened to have uh, to go to the right people, they shared it and they shared it and the, the ball started rolling into this phenomenon. And it's kind of an interesting story to think that um, what was simply us having fun and trying to get a few more uh, likes and shares on our page really slayed the groundwork for what would become a phenomenon. So we went from around 800 likes on our Facebook page to right now we're sitting around almost 35,000. Wow. I, I'm sorry to laugh, but when, when you said the reason why you think that it laid the groundwork was from... So tell me a little bit about this elf on the show. Well, we, we, were, we were planning our holiday open house, uh-huh. and... Um, we were. I was talking to uh, the other guys who do our Facebook page, one of whom is Will Thompson, um, and he's he's really creative, but he doesn't like to be the face in front of the camera. He's that guy who has brilliant ideas um, and likes for somebody else to execute them. Yeah. And so he said, "Get this. What we ought to do is we ought to have you." He said, "Everybody's doing this elf on the shelf, and everybody posts their." on Facebook about their kids and, you know, oh, the elf is in the cereal box today or the elf is upside down in the Christmas tree today. He said, we need you to dress up like an elf and we'll take pictures of you all over the store with you dressed up like an elf. And he didn't think I would do it. And I said, I think you're right. I think that sounds like a great idea. Um, And this was actually the same night as our um, Christmas open house. So I guess we were all in the holiday spirit. Our minds were flowing in a Christmassy way. And so we took 
Uh, I think we took a total of eight photos um, because we, we ran out of stuff to pose with. Um, <laughs> we took a series of eight photos, and we posted them, um, and it really uh, – people loved them. People fell in love with it. And so we were, uh, we were really surprised by the amount of engagement we got. But it caught that key demographic that then really caught into the the glitter paint. It was what it, it completely caught us off guard. I love that. So, so what's your experience now, Ben, being someone that can say I've had something go viral? Well, uh, obviously, True Value and Rust Oleum were super happy about it. Um, we were really just astounded by it, and and it was seemed like such a surreal experience. Yeah. Um, we. Had somebody, you know, uh, my employee calls me and he says, hey, look, I've got, uh, we got a problem. And I said, I, okay, what's the problem? And I'm thinking disgruntled customer. He said, uh, you know, this post has gone viral. We have people uh, all over the world. We, I think we had uh, 200 messages within an hour Jeez. asking about this glitter paint. Um, and he says, what do you want me to do? And I said, um, we'll, we'll start answering. <laughs> um, yeah. And so we started really trying to build out from that. Uh, we had a lot of people who wanted us to ship glitter paint all over the world. And so the hardest part for us was trying to get our arms around it, trying not to have disgruntled customers. Um, obviously, the paint we had in store uh, went a, flew off the shelf. We were caught flat-footed. Um, True Value and Rust-Oleum were caught flat-footed. And so trying to fulfill the, the sudden surge in demand was really something that we had to get our arms around and try to manage. And we were able to do that within a few days, um, but it was a really – it, it, it was a learning experience there, and and while I doubt we'll go viral again, um, it was something that did give us a, an an insight into how uh, going viral can bring with it its own set of, of issues. Yeah. Um, and so it, it's definitely been a learning curve, um, but it's also been a really cool story to tell, and it's been a real encouragement to other retailers. We were pretty downtrodden about the fact that we couldn't get any traction. You know, we tried the contest, we tried funny photo, we tried everything to get, because uh, we really, really wanted to get to 1,000 likes. And so we were trying everything we knew to get to 1,000 likes. And, and I almost think we were trying, uh, we, we were pushing it so hard we didn't just do what, what we wanted to do. Yeah. Um, and we, I think we were trying to copy everybody else that maybe didn't fall within our same wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. And so we finally decided, you know what, this is our page, it's our customers, let's have a little fun with it. We did, and it was really cool uh, to go back with Dr. Matthews and, and see how what we did laid the groundwork for what came after. And that's been the coolest part of the story to tell is for other people who are um, banging their heads against the wall, you say, hey, just wait. If if you keep at it, stay, keep your perseverance at it, um, mm-hmm. then – You'll get there. Something will catch on. Maybe not to the same extent that ours did, but it'll catch on. Yeah. And it's like probably at the same time, too, as much as going viral has been a cool experience, the, the, would you say your key customers and the key people you're trying to reach are still the ones in your community that come into your store every day? I mean, yeah, it, it is. And, and, again, that brings with it its own challenges because we still get questions from all over the country, all over the world. Somebody, you know, will showcase a product and – uh, somebody from Vermont says, you know, hey, I'd like to get my hands on that. And, uh, you know, we can't necessarily capture that business. Yeah. And so there is that question of is it is it good or is it bad? You know, is it better to have 1,000 likes from your local community or is it better to have 35,000 likes from all over the world? And that is it's a 
it's this constant question mark that keeps moving. Yeah. Um, with Facebook changing their algorithms, uh, yeah, it's better to have a bigger presence, but at the same time, um, are we really translating that into any type of sale? Yeah. And which is the reason why we're all doing this anyway. And so it really is this question mark that keeps moving as far as what's the best way for this to happen. Um, and it's definitely been good exposure for us as a store. Um, we have tried to capitalize on it as best we could um, mm-hmm. and to really put ourselves out there. But it is fun. Uh, it is funny that whenever we start saying Triangle Hardware, people remember us as the glitter paint store. Oh, my gosh. And so um, if, you know, if, if we're out, it was funny because we're in Texas and you're talking to even the exhibitors um, who are involved in the hardware business and say, yeah, we're Triangle Hardware from Greenwood, South Carolina. And they go, you're the glitter paint store. Oh, my yep, gosh. Yep, that's us. That's crazy. And it's very unique um, that we're able to have that, that presence in people's minds. And... Um, you know, it's kind of one of those things where any any coverage is good coverage. Um, so if we're in the front of somebody's mind, uh, then it's obviously beneficial for us. For sure. Um, how? So you said both True Value and Rustoleum were like pretty excited about it. Had they had any other similar situations like this with with you know this type of product or anything like that? We're we're not really sure. Um, we actually got a phone call from Rustoleum, and uh, while this was going on, and they said, "Hey, we'd like for you to use some different photos. We'd like for you to because we had tacked on some additional product photos, and they said, "Hey, we'd like for you to use our photos um, as part of this." And we were like, "Okay, yeah, we'll be willing to work in partnership with you." Um, True Value also um, tried to put their leverage behind it because they obviously both wanted to get this as big in, as possible mm-hmm. and to continue to get that push. So uh, it did work out well for us, um, and they both tried. But I, as far as their history in, in dealing with some type of product uh, boost like this, I really don't know. Yeah. Um, so after gaining all this attention and kind of ranking, at least with Facebook, seeing your, your you know, your following grow immensely um what's your experience been like on social media and what is what do you kind of do now are you guys on instagram or anything else or is your main focus facebook well our main focus is facebook and and we're actually thinking that it's time for us to find that additional platform um Mm -hmm. we feel like instagram is going to be our next uh best way to communicate the customers especially to the younger demographic as as facebook uh quote unquote grays um we think it is important for us to, to find that additional venue for us to, to put our message out there. So uh, with those companies being hand-in-hand hand and it, with it being pretty easy to share things between the two platforms, our next step is going to be uh, trying to engage people with Instagram. Yeah, we actually, I just spoke with uh, Jamie Gentner in the the last interview I had for the podcast, and she said that they, they're based out of San Francisco, um, and so they had both Facebook and they had a bunch of different platforms, but she said, you know, with Facebook, they were never getting anywhere. And ever since they got into Instagram, it's just, it's been very successful at their business. But she's like, it just really, it depends on where the store is at, who your key demographic is, all that stuff. But yeah, I think, I think Instagram is going to be the next wave for retailers. You know, most, most stores have at least Facebook now are they active? Who knows, you know? Yeah. Have you had anyone, like any retailers you've talked to, be, be like, how do I go viral? Or is are you just more just kind of proponent of 
being active online in general and just working on getting getting those connections with your your customers? We have had a lot of retailers, um, especially as we go through these various. Um, we're, we're pretty active in going to Shrew Value reunions. We're active um, in, in trying to get involved where we can, um, and we have we do have a lot of them that said, "Okay, what's the secret sauce?" And as you're talking through that, a lot of them uh, do want to know, all right, well, what's that one key? And I think that's the reinforcing message is that uh, you've got to lay the groundwork. No matter what platform you're using, you've got to lay the groundwork. You've got to stay at it because that's the only way it's going to stay relevant. And it's only through that that you're going to be able to have the potential to, to go viral. Before we continue with the podcast, did you know that if you're an independent home improvement retailer, you are already a member of the North American Retail Hardware Association? The NRHA has been in existence since 1900 and serves its members in a variety of ways, from Hardware Retailing Magazine and our two podcast series to exclusive research and events, the association is here to help you become a better, more profitable business owner. To learn about what NRHA is doing for you, visit nrha.org. some things that your store outside of being the glitter paint store now which is probably a, a reputation you've gained a little bit but what is what is your store known for in your community and um, maybe tell me a little bit about so I know you mentioned you have like a holiday event or, or events a big part of your strategy yeah. as far as being part of the community absolutely we, we try our best to um, stay involved uh, but we want to be known as the place that you go when, when you can't find it anywhere else or you, you can't get the information you need anywhere else. And that's the reason why um, our store in particular, that's the message that we really try to push out is that we can help you. We, can, we may not have it, but we can find it for you or we can point you in the right direction. Uh, at the end of the day, our goal is to help you get your project solved, and that's our main mission. Uh, additionally, you know, we're known for being a great place to work. Uh, that was what got me to come here is that, you know, the, the young man who w- recruited me to take his place, he said it's a great place to work. And we're really proud of the alumni that we've had come through our ranks and move out into other places. You know, we, we use a lot of college kids. We use a lot of high school labor. And we're grateful that we're able to move that outward into our community and that we have this reputation of being a great place to work. Awesome. Um, so are there – I, I I know one of my questions seemed kind of random, but are there any podcasts or books or things that you're kind of learning about right now that have struck a chord with you that you'd want to share with readers? Or not readers. I think readers is a habit of mine to say readers, but this would, yeah. in, in this case, be a listener. Well, it, it's funny because I was talking to um, one of my good friends who also works here about that question. I said it, it, it's kind of funny because I'm actually going back to school to finish my bachelor's degree. Oh, cool. And so um, right now uh, I'm, I'm going back on to school online through Colorado State University. And so right now I'm in composition uh, classes, and so I'm reading a lot of articles on um, current events. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, I don't get to do a lot of pleasure reading at the moment. Yeah. Um, I do like to read a lot of books um, on leadership, especially I'm a history buff, so uh, I love reading these history books from um, basically battlefield leadership because I yeah. think in a lot of ways it translates into 
leading a group of people who may or may not want to be together through uh, some good times and bad. Definitely. And uh, I've found that I, I try to draw off those lessons as best I can. I've, I've found some good lessons to draw from. Um, and I have a couple quotes that I always refer to uh, from various readings that whenever somebody gets hired, uh, the, these are quotes that I want you to, to live your life by. And it works out really well. But as for now, um, I'm doing a lot of schoolwork, which is uh, it's been a little uh, stressful. But I really want to finish my degree um, in administration and be able to uh, – I'm not really planning on using it for – going anywhere else in my career, but it's more so of um, I'm 80% done, and I really want to be able to finish it and, and you know, I, I guess close that chapter in my life and say that, yeah, I was able to, to run the course and finish it and move on with my life. Definitely. Um, I'm a huge proponent of education. Uh, as a graduate of the, the management program through the NRHA, um, and we've done a lot. I do a lot of online courses. Um, through True Value and through the NRHA, so that as far as product knowledge training, so it's it's an exciting time uh, to be able to, to hopefully finish this off. If uh, you know, it's only the time part, the putting in the time investment, but it, it'll get there. Yeah. So I guess, um, and you mentioned that you you're a alum of the NRHA's Retail Management Certification Program, um, but how did you like kind of get introduced, I guess, to our association and um, what made you decide to go through that program and maybe just tell us a little bit about the relationship you've built with NRHA so far and hopefully we can continue to be a great resource for you as you continue in, on your career. Yeah, uh, I really, um, it, it, again, it's kind of a parallel relationship between the fire service and the hardware business. Uh, I've been involved with our state firefighters association for a long time and I recognize the importance of having those associations in, from an educational aspect, from a legislative aspect, and the benefits that they bring. Um, and so I started seeing these hardware retailing magazines come through the store and started uh, reading the articles and looking at the new products that came out. And it's really been something that I started looking forward to as I've gotten my hands on them and as I've moved through the ranks. Um, the articles mean different things to different to you as you move through the ranks. And so now it's one of those uh, magazines that I look forward to getting every month and, and looking through and saying, yeah, this is beneficial uh, information. What's the new products? What's the new trend? Because there are a lot of things that we may not necessarily be aware of as uh, they move through the country because trends start in different areas geographically. And so it's been a big benefit for us to have that resource. Um, we've also used the product knowledge training for uh, most of our employees have taken at least one, uh, if not ten. Uh, we encourage them to take uh, ten basic classes through the NRHA. Awesome. And we really have tried to use it as a resource for us to be able to build out our educational portion uh, because there are, especially with my younger crowd, uh, they benefit much more from doing stuff online than, than from doing some of the other traditional avenues that we've taken. Mm -hmm. And we're really happy with the way that they can sit down in, in front of a computer and gain some knowledge in a short amount of time. And it seems like it really works for them um, knowledge-wise to, to go that avenue. So it's a really good resource. We stayed with it. Um, I cannot say enough about the, the retail management program. It was a, a truly um, 
once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Uh, I was recruited um, into the program uh, by my uh, local True Value rep as well as through Tom Markham, and they both talked to me about how it could be really beneficial to me. Um, I was also able to get some scholarship assistance from True Value that made it affordable, and it was one of those things that I really felt like it was worth me going um, because as I was moving into this general management role or as, as I was continuing to grow in that general management role, it became a very valuable tool not only for the, the education that's there but also for the relationships that you make not only with your classmates but with the, the presenters. Mm-hmm. And it, it really has made a difference. Definitely. Well, it's it's good to hear that, you know, you were able to get involved with our association. I hope you'll you'll continue to stay involved. And um, I'm excited to hear that training is something that has been uh, helpful for your employees. Have they said like or have you noticed that those that have gone through it, they'll have questions asked of them and they know the answer because they've taken some of those some of those online courses? Yeah, it, it actually, it, you know, it depends on the person, depends on the class, but we have had um, a lot of our people say, you know, hey, I didn't realize a lot of this stuff. And, and because, especially uh, the NRHSA's program where it has add-on sales and it's retail-based, you know, there's a lot of training out there that can tell you how the electrical grid works and how breaker boxes work, but the NRHA's program where it talks about the add-on sales and frequently asked questions, and it really adds that background that benefits you from the retail side of things, uh, I think is the, the most important part because we can do a lot of hands-on learning here, uh, but it's that background information that I think really has helped some of our employees understand, well, whenever I sell them this, I need to ask them about that. Exactly. And uh, we feel like it's been a big boost for us to be able to offer that type of background information that uh, they wouldn't necessarily get from uh, a technical education. Um, Definitely. And it has been a big benefit. All of our new employees, when we do our onboarding process, we go through our safety information, and then they watch the Three Pennies of Profit video. Mm-hmm. And while um, you know, we probably ought to revisit that with all of our people, um, it's something that I feel like at least gets them in the right frame of mind whenever they leave um, and go out onto our sales floor that they understand a little bit more about the business. And then we, uh, especially if we have rainy days or slow days, we'll try to grab them one at a time, pull them down into the office and say, hey, I want you to take this and I want you to, to gain some knowledge. Definitely. And it really seems like a great way to use that education to onboard our employees. And to invest in your employees. It shows that you care about their development and um, so that's that's great to hear. Um, and it sounds like were you were you kind of skeptical about uh, the retail management certification program, and maybe what was it like? Um, like, do, do, do you have relationships with some of the other retailers that went that you continue to be in touch with and talk about bounce ideas around and that type of thing? We do. Uh, it was just the investment part was very. Um, that was the the part that was the most difficult for me to swallow, um, coming from a smaller hardware store. Mm-hmm. And once we got over that part, and, and True Value obviously believed enough in it to offer uh, some scholarship assistance, and it was one of those things that the investment seems large, but once you go through the uh, the program, it really you begin to understand 
that it is worth its value. Uh, and it has been um, really beneficial, especially maintaining those relationships where um, regardless of what of who you're buying your product from, whether it be Ace or Rule of True Value or Do It Best, that you can share information among your classmates. And we still um, we have a Facebook group that we speak in and um, that we'll ask questions, and we will talk to each other about, you know, hey, what do you guys do with this? What do you guys do with this? Uh, and then we share uh we share important life events. It's one of those things where you develop that relationship with your classmates. Um, you know, one of the guys just found out he's having a baby boy, and so everybody's yeah. really excited for him. Uh, and so it's it's one of those things where the class goes beyond the class. Definitely. And it really gives you an opportunity to reach out to some of these people. As their projects develop through the program, uh, you can really take that time to ask questions of one another and say, hey, look, um, you know, you were really good with inventory management, and this is my issue, and this is what I'm thinking. What are your thoughts on it? And they'll shoot back an email saying, well, if, if I were in your shoes, I would maybe look at this angle or that angle. And it's that benefit that it, it goes beyond just the months that the class are, and it really builds out into something that is a lifelong investment. It's not just a six-month investment. It, it goes on for a quite a long time. And there's a lot of takeaways that you take from the class that last for a long period of time beyond just that moment in time in class. Well, and, and something that you said that kind of sticks out to me and and the way I believe our association, like what we want to do is bring retailers together and give you an opportunity to meet people from other areas that you wouldn't normally interact with. So I'm I, I'm curious to know for you, do you appreciate being able to kind of build that network with people outside of just your own um, your own co-op being a true value retailer? Yes. Um, it, it was really interesting. Our class was very unique in the fact that we had a representative from Hartful Hardware, um, which is 305,000 square feet. Yeah. And then we had one from uh, a hardware store in Rochester, New York, that was only 3,000 square feet. Wow. And so... Uh, when you're looking at the variety of people who come to the table, um, you know, really, really small store, really, really big store, and you can look at the similarities and differences and how you can scale a lot of what you talk about uh, in that program. Uh, we had people from uh, multi-store chains. We had people from uh, single-store family operations, and it really is one of those things that uh, it's a melting pot of a variety of people from various backgrounds and we, you really are able to play off of each other and ask questions and use what, you know, the big guy may pick up something from the little guy, and the little guy may pick up something from the big guy. And it really is one of the best parts that you have so many different dynamics uh, represented in the class. Cool. Well, I guess my last question is just, is there anything that you want to share with our listeners, whether it's about just maybe something that you appreciate about being in this industry or anything, you know, if someone's listening to this and they're wanting to, you know, advance in different areas, what, what kind of, what would you say to them, I guess? Yeah. I, you know, I, we already hit on it, but the, the fact that this business uh, can be what you want it to be. Uh, I've, and going and seeing all these different things, one of the most exciting things to me about the hardware retailing business is the fact that there is no cookie cutter program. There is no cookie cutter. This is what you have to do. Um, there's such a variety 
in this realm of retail. And I think that's what makes it the best. I, there's very few other career paths that I'd be able to do what I'm doing. There's very few other career paths where uh, somebody's going to be able to sell such unique items in their store as some of these hardware stores do. So when retail has such a bad name in the world, um, you know, the average lifespan of a retail employee is, what, less than a year now? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it really makes a huge difference that in the hardware retailing, this is a career path that you can make into what you want and that is so adaptable to your local community and to your own personality. And that's something that I think is unlike any other industry. Yeah, for sure. Well, I really enjoyed getting the chance to talk to you today and kind of share your story and and, and talk to our listeners out there. Um, and I hope that you'll stay tuned for future episodes and see what other retailers in the industry are up to as well. Absolutely. I'm going to add it to my podcast list. Yes. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Today's episode is brought to you by Sacrate. Are you looking to add quality concrete, mortar, and stucco mixes, as well as repair and specialty items to your product lineup? Sacrate provides the tools you need to run a better business, whether that's through exceptional customer support, sales and marketing tools, varied product assortments, or just finding reliable products. Sacrete offers knowledgeable retail experts that understand the needs of your store. To learn more, visit www.sacrete.com slash hardware retailing.